Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballon. This week, we have an entrepreneur that has created his own line of customized socks and is generating over a million dollars a year. But what I like about this interview is that he's still in high school. Let's welcome the founder and CEO of Hoop Swag, Brennan Agronoff. How are you today? Good, how you doing? Brennan, I'm glad to have you on because you have a unique path to entrepreneurship. Your journey actually begun at the age of eight when you started flipping different items you found at garage sales and would sell them on eBay. So tell us, what got you into this and what was your goal early on? Yeah, so when I was about seven or eight years old, um, I fell in love with selling things and it all started because I went to a garage sale, it was like a neighborhood garage sale, and I, I found this like set of locks, and I saw that they were like $2 there, and then I went on eBay and checked out that they were like 17 so that just, the fact of that really confused me, that like in one place they were $2, and another was 17 and so what ended up happening is I convinced my parents to let me buy them um, and use their eBay account to learn sort of how to sell them, um, and so Growing up, I had done all sorts of stuff. Like I would flip stuff at garage sales. I'd go to Goodwill and flip stuff. Um, I would. I sold pictures of stuff I could take pictures of at my house. I mean, I was doing. I was just selling everything I could and sort of. I didn't really realize it at the time, but I was sort of learning how like the ropes of e-commerce actually all work. And then, so by the time um, I actually needed the knowledge from that to apply to a real business, I sort of already had that. But I mean. Like I, I literally started selling things when I was seven years old, and I kind of just fell in love with the idea of e-commerce, and it just kind of st- stuck with me forever. Looking back at that experience, what were some of the business skills you picked up selling on eBay that you were able to apply later on when you started Hoop Swag? Um, yeah, no, there were so many that I hadn't even realized, but um whether that be like the shipping, figuring out how to ship things from your house instead of going to the post office, um, calculating the fees to go into that, the like coding behind any of that, how you list items, what makes items show up higher on eBay, like SEO, like product photography. I mean, it's all those little things that go into it that, you know, I didn't really necessarily realize, but then I sort of saw myself like utilizing the same skills over and over and over again in every like little business venture I tried. Um, but I mean, like every step of the way, I sort of taught myself to do it instead of having someone else do it. Fast forward to high school. You get an idea to create your own version of customized socks. You started with $3,000 and now have a company that generates over a million dollars a year. And the best part is you haven't even graduated high school yet. So what sparked the idea to create your own socks? So in 2013, um, I was in seventh grade and Nike released these things called Nike Elite Socks. And basically they only offered white, black, blue, and red ones. And kids were paying $14 just for these like plain boring socks at the time. And for me, that was sort of like a, it was shocking. Like that, why are people doing that? And so I started to question it. And then one day on Instagram, I saw a pair show up that was super colorful. Um, and I, I really had no idea how they, how these socks like existed because I'd never seen anything like them and it was like I fell in love with these things and then what happened is I ended up saving up all my money one summer to buy a pair for like 40 or 50 bucks and I mean my parents thought I was nuts like my friends thought I was nuts 
But then once I got them, people thought they were like the coolest thing ever. Like everybody's like, where can I get those? Like, how'd you do that? Like, how'd you get those? And so I knew there was this huge demand for it. And that was just like one design that I, that I had bought. And so I knew there was this huge demand for it. So I took about nine to 12 months of like research and figuring out all the processes involved and like the actual equipment you need to do it, finding suppliers, all that type of stuff. And then, um, like it took a long time to develop all that, but the idea for it really came behind like people wanted cool socks. And then once they, they didn't need them, but then once they saw the cool socks, like they couldn't resist not having them. There's a lot of startups out there that are looking for six or seven figures in funding just to get their company off the ground. But what's cool about your company is that you started with $3,000. What was your mindset when you got that 3000 in funding? And what was the first few things you wanted to get done so you can execute your vision? Totally. So for me, honestly, the, um, when companies go looking for, I, I personally don't like using other people's money, um, whether that be a bank or like a VC firm or whatever that is for funding. Obviously, in some cases, it's necessary. Um, but like when I was 13, I didn't even know any of that stuff existed. I just went to my parents for $3,000, like an initial loan, um, just because they've been my biggest supporters like all along the way. So that was sort of like why I went to them and asked for it versus anyone else. Um, but I mean, my thinking on that, I mean, I... It's, it's all been a learning process. So when I first started, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I knew how I was going to make my money back. Like I had the supplier and everything picked out, um, but I, it wasn't like for sure. So it was just a matter of like kind of going with the flow, figuring out what I had to do um, next. Um, but my like three things when I first got my loan, um, number one, I mean, get my equipment and like my figure out all my supplier and then the actual equipment to print the socks. And then be able to find somewhere to source the socks because they're, I can't buy them at retail and then sell them. It's the price point's too high and there's no margin in there. Um, so I, it took a long time to develop a relationship with a wholesaler that would wholesale them to me at a relatively cheap price that made my price point work. Um, and then also when I first started, I had to teach myself all the graphic design and all the coding behind it so I could create a website and create all my designs that actually go on the socks. Um, and that took like almost a year just to teach myself, but it was sort of in the process of, I'm going to start this business, like we're going to sort of run it. And then I also taught myself sort of alongside at the same time. You've done a great job utilizing social media to not only get awareness, but also to convert new sales. There's a lot of companies out there that are struggling to sell their merchandise online. What are some basic things that you do to get your product in front of the right customers and convert them um a big thing for me um well first of all so i'm 17 now um but i've basically been selling to my own age group like throughout my past four years with the company which has been really interesting and useful for me because i i know how to sell to my own friends like it's imagine trying to make a product for your friends um so my product has that's been one way that i've been really successful on social media is that my product looks good um, and I know how to display it the right way that people want to see it. Um, and then another big thing I've sort of figured out is really just making sure you're reaching the right people. Because I think a lot of times, um, and I know when I started out, I didn't know how to reach the right people, but I sort of figured out the ways to interact with the correct people that will actually eventually want, are interested in your product. Um, because it's a waste of everyone's time if you are like interacting with people who really don't care about your product at all. Because in the long run, they're not going to buy it. 
So it's a matter of creating those initial interactions with people who actually care. Um, and then once you have those like initial people that you know care about your product and care about your brand, um, it's a matter of not keeping them on board, but keep, keeping them interactive. Like why should they keep following you? Um, why should they care about what you're doing? And I think a big thing that I've learned is that you don't need to post your product over and over because people are smart enough that they know you already are. Like as a business page, they already know that you're selling something. So why keep shoving that in their face? Like, hey, I'm selling this, buy it now. Um, it's a matter of creating content that's curated and that is actually, there's some value in it for them. The content's valuable. They like seeing the content every day. They look forward to seeing the content every day. Um, so it's a matter of providing like really value content and then somehow weaving in there selling your product at the same time and finding that balance is really difficult. But then when you do find it, it's, it makes it very easy. Hoop Swag as a company has had fast growth. What measures are you taking to make sure that you're growing just as fast as the company? Totally. Yeah, I mean, so being 17, it's definitely all hard to manage um, because, I mean, I've got school, sports, friends, all that type of stuff. And so growing the company is, I mean, it's one of my, it's literally my top priority. Um, but it, it's super difficult to be able to grow it, scale, and like have a life outside of the company because um, I, I, I'm having trouble putting a full time just because of the time restrictions that I have on me. Um, but I mean, it's super important that like as the company grows, I, I sort of evolve with it. And whether that be handing off tasks, hiring more people on my team um, to help cover everything, and then me sort of focusing on big picture, bigger picture stuff. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely hard for me to give some of that stuff up, but it's just part of what I have to do to keep evolving my company. So if running and growing your business wasn't impressive enough, during that time, you taught yourself how to code and to do graphic design as well. I think that's a great sign of a leader that will be successful long term because you're not only in tune with your business, but you're in tune with the market as well. How has picking up new skills helped you manage the company? Yeah, one of my biggest things is just that I sort of live my life off of is the fact that I, I've learned the best way for me to learn. And so when I can adapt pretty fairly quickly, um, whenever something changes in the market or whether I need to do a new skill, usually when I need something done, I decide, okay, is it going to make sense for me to learn it and learn how to do this, get really good at it and just do it? Or is it going to make more sense for me to learn a little bit and then hire someone to do it? And it, it's been, it's just one of those decisions that you kind of have to make, um, especially now that I don't have as much time. Um, but no, being able to learn and picking up those skills along the way has been super helpful because it's much easier to manage someone doing something that you already know about and, like versus you trying to manage someone about like rocket science, like you have no idea what they're doing. But if you're managing someone about coding and you know how to code, you know if it's going correctly, you're able to help troubleshoot a little bit. Um, so it's helped a lot in hiring people as well. But just learning those skills, it's very useful because they carry over into so many topics. Like it, it's not just applicable to my soft business. It's applicable to I could go get a job tomorrow being a graphic designer or a coder or something. And so having those skills to know that one day, like if the stock company goes bad, I can fall back on. Or if I ever end up needing to get a um, job, it, it's something I know I can fall back on. Um, and so having that too is very like comforting to know that there is some sort of a safety net. You have hundreds of designs. And to be able to create that many designs and have a quick turnaround 
is pretty impressive. You obviously understand the importance of a solid operational process. So what are some key aspects that you put in position to be efficient and effective? Definitely. So one of the biggest things for me, I mean, operations has definitely been like one of my biggest issues or it's a continuous issue just trying to get stuff in and out um, because like that is one of our biggest focuses is that you can order today and we'll have it shipped tomorrow by noon. So regardless of any design. And so one of the big things we I've been able to do to make myself successful in terms of operations is we're never like not evolving our process and we're always looking to automate more things and cut out the need or the possibility of human error. So like even now we literally are always always evolving and so now we're looking at buying new equipment that could potentially speed up our processes, looking at new like materials and ways we could actually speed it up throughout the processes. Um, because they're, it, making socks sounds pretty simple, but it's actually a really complicated process. Um, but just making sure that we're always evolving and looking for a better solution instead of just sitting there and um, waiting and kind of sitting on one solution that we think works well, we're always pushing to find something new because there's always something new out there and you're always going to be able to innovate. It's just a matter of, are you going to go find that innovation and be able to come up with creative solutions to problems that may not seem solvable? Um, and that's been one of our biggest challenges, but also something that's made us super successful is we've been able to take these problems that look like they can't be warped into a solution and then we're able to find a creative solution that works and then we just keep going and going and evolving. And so, I mean, it's just slowly evolved and like, even today, like even later today, I'm meeting with a manufacturer supplier to get a new equipment. So, I mean, it's, no, it's not like a game where you can go, okay, I got my manufacturing set up. That's great. We're done. It's every day you're improving on it. After browsing your website for a few minutes, I could tell right away that you have good marketing instincts. For example, one of the ways you market your company is through Team Socks. You supply different high school sports teams throughout the country with hoop swag socks, which in turn get your target customers to not only try out your product, but to market them as well. Can you talk about the importance of leveraging others to help build your brand? Totally. Yeah. So one of my favorite things I've come up with so far is the high school basketball program. And that's sort of what you're talking about. I think you saw on our site. Um, we basically give out free socks to varsity basketball teams all over the U.S. Um, and in return, we also put them on our site and send them a link. And then we sale from their like custom sock on our site. They get 20% back. So it works out great for these high school programs. They're making money. And then also, like you said, we're getting our socks on our target customer. We're getting our name out there. And what ends up happening is that the other kids from the school see these socks. They're like, holy cow, these are cool. Like, I, I want some of these now. And so... It, it just starts spreading like word of mouth. It just takes off. And so I, I tried it last year with like 30 different teams um, just to kind of get a feel for it. And it was super successful. So this year we're looking to launch um, like nationwide because last year it was only like two or three states. But being able, like I, I didn't really know how well it worked at first, but then sort of after I kept it going, I mean, it, I sort of realized I was like, wow, this is perfect. Like I'm getting people to wear my socks that I'm actually making money and like I'm gaining customers. So, um, I mean, that has been really useful leveraging sort of people all across the nation, word of mouth. And then also, um, lots of people just spread my like company word of mouth because of the fact that, um, we have really good customer service and like our shipping's fast. We take care of you as a customer. 
Um, whereas a lot of our competitors don't really do a great job of actually like uh, making sure the customer's always happy. And that's been one of our biggest, like, you got to do this. Like, that's just sort of been my company vibe the whole way. Recently, your team acquired one of your competitors called thesockgame.com in exchange for their customers and designs. That was a big move from a young player in the game. What made that deal attractive to you? Yeah, so that was yeah, um that was that was fun. Um so basically in November they approached us and they were like, "Hey, we're looking to sell." Um and they approached us and eight of our competitors, eight or so of our competitors and so at the time when I first got that email, I was like, "Holy cow, like cuz the sock game was like the biggest brand since 2013. Like they they've been like the ruler of the space." And so it just kind of clicked and I was like, I have to do this. Like I need to acquire them. And so what happened is when I acquired them, um, I ended up actually getting a ton of press, um, which helped boost my, boost my business in so many ways. But the actual um, acquiring of them was super useful because of the fact, so I actually gained 350 more designs. So now I have 520 something designs um, total, which is more than basically you know, anyone else online in e-commerce and socks. And so that made it really important as well as they also had one of the biggest things for me was um they had a super strong social following very loyal and like they've been there since 2013 they had 300,000 um or so on instagram and so that was really important to be able to acquire those customers and then um be able to sort of convert them and keep them orders was a big thing for me but they already were because they were just were generating revenue and they weren't even doing that much advertising they were still generating revenue just because of the name they created for themselves so that that was really important for me is that it was a brand that was already well known and it wasn't something that i had to start from scratch again um it was something i could actually build on i read in a past interview that you said self-sufficiency is key can you break down how that mindset affects your decision making so for me I mean, when I first got into my business, like, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I loved, like, selling stuff, but I, I had never really experienced, like, a real business. And there's been so much that I've, like, learned from it. But one of the biggest things is definitely that decision, that decisions are, they, they come every day. Like, as a business owner, everyone's going to face decisions, whether they're big or small, you're going to have them every day. Um, and it's, not easy at all to answer these questions sometimes. Like there's some questions you get asked that you got to make decisions, but second, and they're not easy. Like sometimes you really have no idea and you just kind of got to go with your gut. But and that's, that's another thing, like going with my gut has sort of always, it's my go-to thing. And I mean, it's, it's treating me well so far. So, but no, making big decisions, especially at a young age is very stressful. And I think it's almost a skill that you sort of gain a little bit and learn about yourself. Um, because like, as you go, you notice that your decisions become quicker, you're more confident in them. And that's a big thing also, especially in working with employees is that when you're making decisions, you have to stay confident in them because like, how are your employees and your coworkers supposed to like have faith in you and believe in you and trust you when you're not confident in yourself. And so that's been a big thing too. It's just, even when you make a decision, it kids are wrong. You just have to stay confident in what you're doing. Um, but decision-making has definitely been very difficult, um, especially because I, I feel immature in a way because I know I'm younger than a lot of other people doing what I'm doing. Um, but I mean, just, it, it's definitely been a struggle, but I feel like I've sort of gotten over it and been able to make some tough, tough decisions just because I kind of trust my gut and it's just sort of, I've, I've learned it over the past four years because I've screwed up a bunch of times and I know it didn't work. So I'm just sort of learning. 
Brennan, that was a great interview. I have a feeling that your willingness to grow and evolve will keep you in position to be successful for a long time to come. Is there anything you want to tell our audience before you go? Um, no, I mean, there's just one big thing about like entrepreneurs stuff in the media and starting a business is like, it looks pretty. Um, it's not pretty at all. Um, like there's so much hard work that goes into it and a lot of people's Instagrams might look cool and stuff. It's, it's really a matter of just saying like, screw this. I want to try something going and trying and failing over and over again until something works. Like that's, one of my biggest things is like just go try something and it's probably going to fail but you're going to learn a lot from it and you're going to use that and apply it to your next thing you want to try i want to thank the founder and ceo of hoop swag brennan agernoff for being on the show and if you want to hear more interviews like this make sure you follow the all or nothing podcast on itunes spotify and title That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone.